This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. From hockey to wrestling, football to golf, no sport left unturned. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. The boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon. Joining you, me as usual, my co-host, Naz Marchese. Good morning, Naz. How are you? Good, Wally. How are you today? I'm good, thanks. I'm getting excited about Super Bowl... Uh, uh, we're up to number 55, I think, Ness. Yes, 55. 55. I'm still, I still remember the first one. Uh, it wasn't called the Super Bowl the first, the first, uh, first go around. Uh, the NFL and the, uh, the National Football League and the American Football League hadn't merged yet. So the first two were actually called the NFL AFL Championship. Uh, first one was the Green Bay Packers against the Kansas City Chiefs. The second one was the Packers against uh, the Oakland Raiders. Uh, and the third one was uh, perhaps the most notable one of all time. And uh, that will Baltimore segue. Baltimore and the Jets. No, uh, no, uh, uh, no, you're right, Ness. Baltimore and the Jets. Sorry, uh, I had a little bit of a brain cramp there. You're absolutely right. Um, so we'll get a chance to talk about that. Uh, we've got, uh, it's been a tradition on Super Bowl Sunday to invite on Eddie Andelman, the godfather of sports radio from Boston. Uh, although he's, uh, in the winter times, he's down in South Florida, but uh, Eddie, uh, Eddie uh, will share his Super Bowl memories with us this morning. And uh, later on in the hour, we'll be chatting with Raptors, former Raptors coach, Butch Carter. Uh, before we get to Super Bowl talk, Ness, uh, the Leafs a uh, little bit on a roll. Uh, they fortunately are, uh, seem to be getting a, a feast of Vancouver Canucks. A um, couple of good results. And interesting the way this whole uh, season and scheduling matches up. Uh, the Leafs get the Canucks again Monday night. So we've had them three straight. Uh, that's in the COVID world, in the Canadian division world. Uh, that's the way the schedule shapes up these days, and uh, um, Leafs look pretty good, Naz. But uh, I don't know if I don't know if the sample size is all that uh, all that big. Uh, you know, we're getting Canucks, we're getting Flames, we're getting you know over the course of the next couple of weeks. But I'll let uh, I'll turn it over to you, Naz. Uh, the Canucks thoughts, look awful. Th- Sorry, the Canucks look awful, awful, awful. They look like it. Very disorganized hockey team. I haven't seen them play this bad in a long time. Vancouver looks awful. Yeah, interesting. They had uh, they finished off last season. Uh, they were they were uh, sort of prognosticated as one of the young and upcoming teams. You know, you got that kid Quinn Hughes on defense. Uh, you've got uh, a couple of guys up front, uh, Horvat and Bozer, and uh, some good young talent. Uh, but uh, they're not uh, don't seem to be bringing it so far this season. Uh, coach behind the bench, uh, Travis Green, former Toronto Maple Leaf, must be getting frustrated. Naz, uh, I know you're uh, you've been prognosticating a 
Uh, I don't know if it's a potential coaching change or a suggested coaching change in uh, in Canucks land. Uh, I'll let you uh, uh, fill well, in the we're, details we're on that. On, online yesterday, and uh, somebody had brought up the point of Mike Babcock going to Vancouver for for Travis Green. That would be an interesting situation for sure. Well, uh, Mike Babcock, uh, his name's coming up in a lot of discussions, uh, and as coaching vacancies. Uh, perhaps become more prominent as the season moves along. Uh, I'm sure his name will be out there, uh, not just suggesting uh, that uh, we know anything about what's going on in Vancouver. I know they're in town. I don't, I don't want to start a controversy here. Um, but uh, Mike Babcock, I'm sure will, his name will come up uh, in any discussion where any coach in the NHL um, has gotten off to a bad start. Um, here, I'm going to throw an interesting trivia question at you, Nez. Uh, picked up the standings this morning. It's kind of a little bit of an unfair question, but uh, let me throw this one at you. Which is the only undefeated team in the NHL this morning? Oh, boy, I don't know. Tough one, Florida isn't Panthers? it? Uh, you got it, man. You you haven't lost the step, Ness. Florida Panthers. Do I, win, you. do I win the pizza now? <laughs> <laughs> we can't. We've got to send some Pizzaville coupons over to you. Uh, and on that note, it's Super Bowl Sunday. I know the good people at Pizzaville. They do a fantastic job on pizza on Super Bowl Sunday. They've got uh, – so uh, this afternoon, and uh, you need you need a delivery or you need uh, need to pick something up for the big game, by all means, call uh, – Call Pizzaville. Uh, they'll uh, they'll take care of uh, what you need. But Ness, you 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 know what? You uh, you got a you got a you got a, a a magnet up there for 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 stats. And I don't know how you picked that one out because I was going through the stats this morning and it just stuck out at me. The Panthers haven't lost a game. Of course, they've only played eight games. They're six zero uh, and two overtime uh, overtime losses. Um, uh, in the COVID world, some of the teams have played, you know, three, four, five games more than some of the other teams. But interestingly enough, the Panthers are uh, the only undefeated team in the NHL. I, I have one for you, Wally. Who is the uh, highest goal scorer five on five in the last 108 games? Uh, I, I, that's an easy one, Naz. I'll tell you why that's an easy one because uh, I, I, uh, I always pick up your social media posts. That's, of course, Austin Matthews. Um, but Correct. I had. I had inside knowledge on that, Naz. You had al- you'd already educated me on that one. Otherwise, I may have had a problem with that one. But uh, <laughs> that's incredible. That's incredible. He's he's got 108 goals. Yeah, and that's even that's ahead five of on five even strength. Yes, he's yeah. ahead of uh, Connor McDavid and uh, some of the some of the high uh, high guys. But Austin Matthews this year's leading goal scorer. And, uh, I don't know if, if the listeners got an opportunity to watch the game last night. Uh, you know, Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner together, uh, I mean, they're creating magic out there the first first part of the season. Uh, Matthews, uh, if he keeps this going, um, you know, for the first time perhaps, uh, he'll get into the uh, MVP, MVP discussion. I don't want to jinx him, but he's certainly playing. We've always, we've always expected that from Austin Matthews. You know, you, you, who can forget the first game he ever played? You remember that one, Ness? Uh, four goals against Ottawa. I, yeah. I, I, I think Joe Bowen is still recovering his voice from that game. Four goals in his first game. Great, great, 
play by play by Joe Bowen. Man, do I miss him on TV! I, I started watching some of the uh, start. I'm watching games and listening to Joe on the radio. It, it's sort of creating a a, a a bipolar brain for me because the the sound is uh, uh, when you're listening to Joe, he's he's a little bit behind. But I love listening to his to his to his calls. Um, Austin Matthews, Matthews, Matthews uh, could get 50 goals in 50 games, you know. Who are you uh, playing? Well, that would be remarkable. I mean, the, the other the other part about the you know, and you know, there's other 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 um, players on this Leaf team that you know, we, you know, so far the sample size is a little bit short. We're uh, what are we into this season? About eleven? Are we eleven games now? 12, 10, 12, twelve games. Twelve games. Um, so the sample size is a, is a little bit short, but you know, look at look at Spezza this week. Hattrick, Hattrick in that game. Um, too bad. The only the only uh, unfortunate part about that it would have been great if that had been fans in the stands to give them throw some hats out there. Toronto boy, they would have given him a big ovation. And here's a kid. Here's a kid. Uh, you know, <laughs> where this is Zoomer Radio, anybody in their thirties, we can call them a kid. Um, but uh, Spezza. On the on the you know on the on the wire he's put on waivers, but uh, I think everybody knew when they put him on waivers that nobody was going to pick him up. Uh, he said he was going to retire, but you know he's played well. I mean, he was, what is he up eight nine points? Yeah, eight points. I mean, remarkable. I mean, he made that's... Alex Hedler look like Dion Phaneuf there <laughs> going, going around him. <laughs> Good analogy, Ned. So Spezza had a great week, and what a pickup Wayne Simmons has been. Man, he's uh, you know he's worth uh, worth every penny they've been paying him so far. He's uh, he brings it. A couple of fights, uh, some goals. Uh, I think they they moved him up to the second line. He's been playing so good. Um, he's uh, you know he's uh, he's filled a valuable valuable place on that team uh, that's been sorely lacking over the last. Uh, few years uh he's tough he's physical uh he brings it and he's a leader you know you can tell that the other his teammates feed off of his energy and his passion so that uh give kyle dubas uh certainly kudos for picking up wayne simmons um joe thornton unfortunately because of his injury we haven't seen that much of them yet but uh watching Barner and matthews on the same line and then you get and then you get joe thornton's playmaking skills uh that that should be certainly interesting to watch the rest of the season uh let's put it that way uh naz last uh last thoughts on the leaf uh leafs before we wrap up this segment we'll go to break and we'll get eddie Andelman back to talk super bowl but let's uh let's wrap up our leafs segment um only uh only uh Dark cloud on the horizon. I wouldn't call it a dark cloud. Uh, you know, you look around the league and the Leafs' nemesis from previous years, they're doing well too. So, uh, you know, we don't know how the Leafs would match up against what I call the big boys in the NHL. The Bruins are, you know, they're doing what they're doing. They're at the top of their uh, their con- uh, uh, their conference. Bruins, uh, eight wins, one loss, two. The Flyers are playing well. Tampa, seven, one, and one. Vegas six one and one. Um, you know, I mean, uh, I think this is a. I think this is the best edition of the Toronto Maple Leafs I've seen in a while. I mean, I'd love to see them play against some of the some of the some of the big clubs, and uh, hopefully, we'll see that uh, somewhere, some sometime come playoff time. Naz, last words, uh, Leaf wise, before we go to break. 
Leafs have a real shot, Wally, of winning the President's Trophy, especially with the division they're in. They could have the most points in the league. And I'm still amazed how Boston does it. We talked about this last week, but they keep on winning. They lose players to free agency, and they keep on winning all the time. Amazing. Uh, really good point, Nez. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll, uh, you know, we'll, I, we'll start watching some of the Boston games, see what's going on down there. But uh, you make a really good point. Um, I don't know how they do it, but, uh, you know, the, they, uh, they know how to create uh, – the teams down there that have players that fill in all kinds of gaps, and I guess the big boys Bergeron and Marchand and Pasternak are probably bringing it every night. And uh, you know they're doing it. Tampa's doing it. Uh, you know the we'll 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 keep uh, keep our pulse on this. But I think uh, Naz, you may uh, you you put the prediction out today, at least for the Presidents Cup, and that may be uh, that may come to pass. We'll we'll see how it develops. Uh, going to go to break. Uh, coming back from the break, the godfather of sports radio from Boston, now in South Florida, Eddie Andelman. We'll be right back. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville realised we all have things we should cut back on. For me half-brother Rayul, that's ordering inflatable toys. For others, it's carbs. So Pizzaville made the extra-thin crust pizza. You get the same authentic Italian taste as our regular pizza but with two-thirds less carbs. Because the last thing Raul wants is an inflatable waste. Pizzaville Stone-Baked Pizza. Fiercely Canadian. Authentically Italian. There's an old saying. Entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them every day. They've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Bond. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada, and the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. Here's to every boy who thought his Bobby Orr rookie card sounded great in the spokes of his bicycle. Is only served to make yours in mint condition more valuable. And now it's payday. Mint Inc. Trading Cards and Sports Merchandise wants to buy your vintage collection of hockey, baseball, basketball, football, and soccer heroes. Now's the time to cash in while the hobby reaches new heights. If you got them, we need them. Mint Inc. Trading Cards and Sports Merchandise. Visit our store online at mintink.ca. Are they ever wrong about sports? I can answer that in two words. Impossible. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning. Welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live on the new AM740 in Toronto, 96.7 FM, and on the internet, www.zoomerradio.ca. It's always a pleasure to welcome back. It's a tradition. We get them on the show Super Bowl Sundays and WrestleMania Sundays, for that matter. The godfather of sports radio. 
the host of the greatest sports talk radio show ever, the Sports Huddle in Boston. And of course, I'm talking about the one and only Eddie Andelman. Good morning, Eddie. How are you this morning? Bonjour. <laughs> I think I think you're one province off, uh, Eddie, but that's okay. Uh, how are you this morning, Eddie? Well, very good. Looking forward to the Super Bowl. Yeah, first and foremost, uh, we want to catch up with you. I know uh, you winter in uh, in South Florida, down in West Palm. Just want to make sure that uh, you're handling this uh, world uh, pandemic. Uh, that you and the fabulous Judy are well, and the family's all well. Please uh, reassure us, Eddie, that uh, everything's good. It is. As a matter of fact, uh, I'm I'm getting very bored. Um, but what, what can I do? Uh, I'd like to stay healthy, and I'd like to be able to enjoy my family. Uh, wise words, I will say, uh, and that's uh, wise words for all our listeners. Eddie, it's Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, yes, so much to talk about. It's been a tradition having you on the show on Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, let's. Uh, I, I do. I too remember about a year ago, uh, we had a discussion about uh, Tom Brady. And the sentiment, I think, between us was maybe it was time for Brady to uh, to move on, to retire. And he chose to head to Tampa and look, look what happened. He's back in the Super Bowl. Uh, thankfully, he didn't listen to our advice. Um, can, you, can you explain all this, Eddie? Uh, how does a guy at that age move from a Belichick system to a new system in Tampa and he's back in the Super Bowl? Um, wouldn't have expected it, but it's come to pass. Uh, your thoughts on that, Eddie? Well, years ago, uh, at a baseball all-star game, they had a, a home run hitting contest with the coaches. And a 73-year-old coach hit a home run. Um, you know, I can't explain it. I mean, as I get older, I get stupider, and I can do less and less. Uh, but Brady has uh, always done... You know, the healthy thing, the healthy part of life. And it, he is, without question, an, an anomaly at best. You know, he, he's a decent guy, and uh, he's a very good teammate. And I hope he wins. I'm rooting for him, even though he left the Patriots, because I think he left the Patriots for pretty good reasons. And... um not the least of which was the weather. <laughs> you know, people keep saying, well, because he didn't get along with Belichick or he didn't like Kraft or uh, he didn't like uh, the way his uh, partner was treated. But I think the basic thing was, <laughs> it's so elementary to me, uh, that he wanted to go to nice weather. And, you know, in New England, as you know, in Canada, uh, winters can be fierce. Yeah, well, we're... So we're... I, yeah, so I, I, I just think he did what was best for himself. He set a goal to play until 45, and and I think he's going to keep it. And I wouldn't be surprised if he tried to go to 46. Wow. The only, the only reason I thought he should leave is while he has his health. You never know what can happen in football, a la Daryl Stingley and other terrible things that have happened to players. And I would never like to see that happen to Tom Brady. But I guess to him, uh, and it's his life, he can do whatever he wants with it. Um, and what he wants to do is set records and be known as the greatest uh, player there ever was. Uh, Ness? Eddie, no team has been able to stop Kansas City's offense. 
How does Tampa Bay do that today? I'm, I'm sorry, you broke up a little bit. Yeah, we're 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 doing the show remotely, Eddie. So that sometimes breaks oh. up. Na- Naz's question was, uh, how does uh, how does Tampa Bay stop uh, stop the Chiefs? I don't think they can. I mean, I think it's going to be a, a huge scoring game. Uh, there's no way you can defend Mahomes. Uh, I mean, he can throw the ball accurately on the run. I don't think I've ever seen anybody do that like he does. And I think they have, uh, you know, a great tight end and a running game. Uh, and Tampa Bay has some weaknesses in defense. So I think it's going to be a huge game, an entertaining game. And uh, I'd like to see Brady win uh, because I think he deserves to win. But, you know, it's still a football game <laughs> and anything can happen. What uh, if you foresee Tampa winning this game? Um, what kind of a game? Uh, how does the how does the Tampa coach coach this game? What uh, what does he focus on? What what will be the key factors for? I mean, obviously the the, the Chiefs are the favorite. Uh, they've got an overwhelming offense. <laughs> you know, Mahomes can beat you in 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 every way possible. He's almost impossible to defend. You know, you've got Kelce at. Kansas at, at tight end who some are saying is the best tight end ever. You got the little scat back there, Tyreek Hill. You know he's, he's almost impossible to cover. Like how, how do you how do you just you just outscore them, uh, Eddie? How, how do you do it? Well, I think the Patriots. I'm sorry, <laughs> I get used to that. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, I, I I think what the Brady success will be going along. That's 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 what that's what Brady does best, you know. Third and two, and suddenly he's throwing the ball forty-five yards down the field. He's got he didn't have any receivers with the Patriots the last couple of years, and I think that he has very good receivers, top receivers from Tampa Bay, and I think that influenced his decision uh, to go there, you know. And um, he's going to settle in Florida because uh, he likes the weather there. And he's athletic. even when he retires, you know, he's going to be playing tennis or swimming or golf or whatever it is because he likes the outdoors. And, um, I mean, if I was the Patriots right now, I'd draft his son. I'd draft him right now. He's only 10. <laughs> uh, Naz, I'll turn it over to you. What is your most memorable Super Bowl in the 54 that have been played up to date? Well, for me, it was the first one. Um, there were such underdogs even to get there. They were to get by Pittsburgh. Uh, I think there were two touchdown underdogs, and there were two touchdown underdogs plus against St. Louis. Um, so I think that was really one you'll never forget. It's like the first time that you ever had sex. Do you remember that? <laughs> well, we won't talk about that on the air, but uh, uh, I, 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 you're talking about Brady's first uh, Super Bowl victory against, uh, I guess it was the St. Louis Rams, was it not? They weren't the L.A. Rams yes. at that time. Um, yeah, it was St. Louis, yeah, right. That, that, that certainly was, uh, that certainly was um, uh, an upset. I mean, the, the Rams would... I, Rams, what was their uh, what was their nickname, Naz? Was it the greatest show on turf? Uh, yeah, I think they were their yeah. greatest show yeah. on turf. And talking about nicknames, you know, uh, you know, they're, they're talking about if Tampa's going to win this game, it's got to be their defense. 
that's going to win the game. And you look back over history, and I don't know if this particular Tampa Bay defense has a has a nickname, but Eddie, I want to, I want to bring you in on this one. Over the course of history in the NFL, uh, it seems like nicknames aren't as prominent as as they used to be. But listen, listen to these ones from from uh, I call it the golden age: the Purple People Leaders, the Fearsome Foursome, the Doomsday Defense, the Steel Curtain, the No Names. Of course, that was the Miami Dolphins. Uh, right. Your favorite, uh, your favorite out of those, uh, Eddie. Who was your favorite defensive uh, outfit and uh, nickname? Well, I think it was the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, would... The purple people, people leaders. I mean, they were great. You know, they're great linemen, and uh, I love, I love, I love the way that they used to play. You know, it, it's it's. Uh, they really were fearsome. And, of course, being an old uh, lineman myself, I could appreciate their speed and their strength. <laughs> two, two things I never had. Yeah, certainly the, the Minnesota, uh, they, they were, uh, I remember Alan Page and uh, Carl Eller, a, a few of those guys. My favorite of all time, I always considered it the, the greatest uh, the greatest defense uh, um in the history of the NFL, I think they've got four Hall of Famers and probably a couple other guys that should be in the Hall of Fame. That was, of course, the infamous Steeler defense from the mid '70s, the Steel Curtain. We had uh, we had uh, Jack Ham and Mean Joe and Elsie uh, Greenwood and uh, a whole bunch, a whole bunch of those guys. Uh, you they, know, I, uh, I, it's funny, funny you mentioned this, uh, the Steel Curtain, because. Uh, one of the players uh, died a pauper and homeless, and I sent some money. Uh, they had uh, a pro football dinner I went to to help raise some money for him, Jack Ham. Yeah, so, yeah, Jack Ham, uh, Penn State guy, if I if I recall correctly. And on on the uh, greatest Super Bowls, before I turn it back to you, Naz, the greatest Super Bowls of all time. Eddie, uh, the one uh, may not may not have been the greatest game. But the most influential Super Bowl of all time has to have been Super Bowl three, uh, the Jets against the Colts. Um, I, I went. I went to that game. That was in. That was in Miami. That was the infamous. Yeah. That was the infamous uh, pose of Joe Namath, Broadway Joe, who had. Who right. you know the Jets were. It was the AFL against the. Uh, they had merged by then. Uh, the AFL against the uh, NFL. AFL teams have already, had always been regarded as second cousins, and the Baltimore Colts came in. They had Johnny U, they had Earl Morrill, and uh, all the greats from the National Football League. And Broadway Joe, uh, brash as he was, says, "No, don't worry about it. Jets going to win the game." And, and who can forget him going off the field, raising his finger, number one. You were at that game, Eddie. Uh, yeah, uh, fill, fill us in. Uh, the, the the MVP. Uh, was was I think it was Matt Snell. He gained like 150 yards on the ground, and that's what kept the ball away from Baltimore. But uh, also as a piece of trivia, I sat uh, one row behind Bob Hope and Ted Kennedy. Oh wow! Wow, okay. uh, that certainly is a, an interesting piece of trivia. Is that was that the most important Super Bowl game of all time, Eddie? I think it made the NFL, uh, and n- nobody in those days could have predicted 
that it would become the number one sport in America. No, nobody thought about that. Uh, but that is what got everybody talking. Um, Namath, you know, Namath actually sued me one time. <laughs> okay. You want to hear about that? Yeah, absolutely. If we can, if it's if it's certainly something we can repeat on the air, go ahead. We have yeah, uh, yeah. Go go well, ahead. Yeah, yeah. Well, what happened was I was doing uh, television commentary on Channel Seven in Boston on the eleven o'clock news, <clears throat> and I did a thing on Joe Namath's football camp, and I remember closing it by by saying, uh, "How can any decent parents send their kids to Joe Namath's camp?" Um, when Yezing got rid of his own bedwetting problems himself. And the next thing I know, I was slapped with a suit. Ooh. Um, but I fought it bitterly. I really did. I fought it. I mean, and Namus lawyer, I can't remember his name, he's an idiot. Um, but he said to me, geez, we just thought you were a regular person. <laughs> because I kept the thing going. Uh, it was great for me publicity-wise. And more importantly was the basis of their suit was so ridiculous I mean, there is a First Amendment, uh, and I have the right to say anything I want to say, but I meant it. Well, I mean, Namath's conduct uh, was terrible, and later on, uh, he was sued for that uh, his uh, employment agency, which was the FAS, Mantle uh, Men and Namath Women. Uh, he had some kind of stupid employment agency, and they had a uh, perspective where they said that... Um, that if you wanted to uh, get a great job, they're expanding and you can buy a franchise and all that business. And it turned out it was all nonsense. So they ended up uh, in, in financial uh, nightmare. On that note, Eddie, unfortunately, time is, uh, time is our enemy. We've, uh, we've got to move on uh, really, really quickly. Uh, give us your prediction for the score today. Well, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I look for Tampa Bay to get 38 points and perhaps 31 for Kansas City. Anyways, on that note, Eddie, you know how much we enjoy uh, always having you on. Uh, we had a little bit of a uh, chuckle the other day about uh, your fee your fee for appearing on our show. Uh, so I told you, I, I told you, uh, uh, I could, I couldn't, we couldn't promise you any any payment, but. Uh, what I did, what I will promise you on the air, next time I'm down in South Florida, I'll take you for a nice expensive dinner on me yeah. this time, Eddie, okay? Like, like, the, like the last time at Wendy's. <laughs> Thanks, Eddie. <laughs> Always a pleasure. Uh, keep well. Uh, give our best to the fabulous Judy and stay safe, my, stay safe, my friend. All right. Thanks, guys, a lot. Always. Yeah. Thank you, Eddie Andelman. Uh, Naz, i got to we'll take it to commercial. We'll be right back with Butch Carter. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville announced the Medium Gourmet Pizza Special. Get a Medium Gourmet Pizza for just $13.99. That's like flying first class when you only paid economy. You're up front, sipping champagne and stretching out in your luxuriously wide berth. Instead of having somebody kick the back of your seat, then the guy in front of you decides to recline his Pizzaville, seat. Pizzaville, stone-baked pizza. Fiercely Canadian. Authentically Italian. Here's to every boy who thought his Bobby Orr rookie card sounded great in the spokes of his bicycle. He has only served to make yours in mint condition more valuable. And now it's payday. Mint Inc. Trading Cards and Sports Merchandise wants to buy your vintage collection of hockey, baseball, basketball, football, and soccer heroes. 
Now's the time to cash in while the hobby reaches new heights. If you got them, we need them. Mint Inc. trading cards and sports merchandise. Visit our store online at mintink.ca. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. You won't remember that Real Space Media was once Real Tours Media. What you'll never forget is how they helped you, the real estate agent, sell homes. Or you, the business owner, show off your four walls. Real Space Media has made a name for itself, creating virtual tours and walkthrough floor plans using 3D technology that's light years ahead. In the age of COVID, what better way to see a space safely than through the digital lens of, what were they called again? Realspacemedia.ca. Got a space to showcase? Check out Real Space. They never argue sports. They just explain while they're always correct. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon. We're live and joining me as usual, my co-host, Naz Marchese. And joining us at this time, former Raptors coach, Butch Carter. Butch, good morning. How are you? Good morning. How are you guys? We're great. Thanks so much for joining us, Butch. Uh, Butch, uh, it's Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, Kansas City against uh, Tampa. Uh, T- KC's the favorite. Butch, how does Tampa win this game? Uh, guys, I hope Tampa doesn't win. One of my, <laughs> one of my, one of my good friends is a Tom Brady fanatic. <laughs> and it would just rain misery on me because... <laughs> Last year, he and I made made a guy's trip to uh, watch New England play with the Dolphins, right? And at the end of the game, I don't know if you remember that game, at the end of the game, the Dolphins win with no time. Well, we were walking out of the stadium because we assumed that New England had won the game. And then all of a sudden, we're outside and we hear all this noise and we stopped someone coming out and he said they came back. Oh, man, it's been the best year. I've been riding him about that ever since. So, <laughs> so I, I, I think I'm afraid that uh, Kansas City losing their their starting tackles is going to be a problem because again, if someone gets injured, I don't know how they replace them. Tampa Bay has gotten uh, very good, very proficient since they lost to Kansas City earlier in the year. Um, and if uh, Brown is back, the wide receiver who is out. Uh, for the playoff game, got hurt in New Orleans. Tampa's, you know, I think they're going to be very good. So, you know, that's that's where I'm at with it. I I think Tampa. I want. I think they're good enough to win. They're fortunate enough because of the injury to be in a position to win. They're playing at home, but I don't want my buddy Joe to have <laughs> anything uh, over me. <laughs> yeah, Tom Brady. Certain. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's almost like you love him or you hate him. Uh, Although I guess most people do respect him for his for his achievements, uh, so the New England Patriots uh, left us a lot of sour tastes and a lot of, and a lot of people uh, over the years. But you can't you can't uh, you can't quibble with their success. Naz, yeah, but uh, the defensive lineup of, uh, of uh, 
Tampa Bay is very good. They're going to get to Mahomes, I think. Yeah, the, the you know if you I was just watching uh, NFL today and they showed a top angle view of how Tampa Bay had moved uh, uh, Dominic Sue around um, so that people couldn't find him and it created some opportunities where the other guys got to go one on one and uh, got to Mahomes last time they played where Mahomes had to throw the ball out of bounds. So I just expect with two. First of all, they're two starting tackles. Their their tackle, who who the Canadian from Montreal, uh, opted out. So they're on their you know fourth and fifth tackles. So I just don't see how that plays good as as motivated as Tampa Bay will be playing on their home field. Matt, you there? Wally. We lost Wally today. Oh, okay. Well, well, you and I can carry on, too. No problem. <laughs> but Toronto Maple Leafs, what do you think of their start? Well, I mean, I feel bad for those guys that they can't play in front of any fans. Um, I think this start is, is, uh, has been good. Um, but, I mean, I think it's really tough to uh, for them to play. And I think it's really tough during a pandemic for – you know, for them to get the support. And uh, unless they're telling us they're better off with, with uh, Leaf fans not in the seats. So. What do you what do you think of their defense so far? I've been calling them an AHL defense, but they've improved so much. Uh, they look really good. Well, they, they look really good. They look seem to be more active and, and not just not making the mistakes you've seen them make, make over the last six or seven years. Right? There, there's never been a problem with their with their offense, it's, it's always been they just weren't strong enough in character and strategy to uh, defend on the back end. And I mean, that's you know that's been my perception. And because of they spent so much money on the cap, they really couldn't land the quality guys. And and again, you know, hockey's a sport where you need more bodies. Uh, injuries are prevalent. Uh, it is a collision uh, on skates, on ice, with a stick. Um, so, you know, that's, that's my take on it. They've, they've been so poor defensively uh, against good teams. Um, and it's been a big lift to see what they've been doing this year. Uh, guys, uh, I don't know if you can hear me. Uh, can you hear yeah, me? Okay. I'm yeah. back. Uh, we had a little technical challenge there, so uh, it seemed to, I'm seemed to be back online. I, I uh, we were talking uh, bucks just before I lost, but I think you guys got into a Leafs discussion. Um, so uh, I'll let you guys uh, carry on that. I'll try to chime in if I can. Uh, go ahead, guys. The acquisition of Wayne Simmons has meant a great deal, but what do you think of his the acquisition of Simmons? Well, I just see him being very aggressive. Wayne has been, you know, very aggressive, almost angry, uh, playing. And it's given him, uh, an attitude that we haven't seen. Um, you know, I've been here 20 years. They've never had a player like Wayne Simmons. I mean, I don't know who you would compare him to, Naz, but he's been extremely aggressive and almost he's playing like a player that's really happy to be here. Uh, certainly, uh, he certainly looks like uh, he's happy to come back home. Uh, Butch, I'd like to ask you, we, we sort of got into this, 
you know, we we're, we're, we're chatting with Dave Keon last Sunday and, you know, we we're asking him how the Leafs are doing and his impressions of the Leafs. And uh, he says, based on what he's seen so far, pretty good, but, but it's a small sample size because uh, we're playing it all in the, in the, against the other Canadian teams. Uh, and we haven't been challenging what I call the big boys in the NHL. Um, Bruins, Flyers, Colorado, Vegas, some of those teams. Uh, based on what you've seen of the Leafs so far this season, how do you think they'd match up against their normal nemesis, the Bruins and the Tampa Bay Lightning? Well, they're going to struggle. You know, Tampa Bay has got an outstanding unit. They've built that unit out over the last eight years. Um, you know, everyone talks about Stamkos. But, you know, they've got five or six really good players. They've been good on the defense, even where they traded a, uh, a very good defenseman away. And it seems like, uh, you know, the next guy up got in and performed. The Bruins have just been a headache uh, since we lost the brawl um, in the playoffs. And, uh, you know, Bruins have never looked back or uh, been afraid of the Leafs. So right now, you know, Maybe they're right because we can't uh, measure them against the top teams that historically have given them given them problems. But guys, it's a pandemic. It is what it is, and anything that can help a franchise move down the road, advance further in the playoffs, you know, I think is good. And you know, they can sit and say, you know, well, this, you know, they're not playing everyone, but you know, it's it's not a normal time, so. The sooner you get over it, uh, the better off everyone is. And, you know, all that ends up being is a bunch of idle chatter because it's not realistic to what's going on for everyone. Fair point, Butch. Uh, Raptors seem to have um, <clears throat> been playing better the last few weeks. Uh, tough one last night, back to back, and sort of ran out of gas. Um, uh, What's your assessment of the Raptors so far, Butch, and their uh, curtain little run they've been on? Okay, uh, no training camp. Uh, bring in a new guy who's supposed to be an offensive guy. So, you know, the bad start, and worst of all, the Raptors have the uh, number one uh, in-venue entertainment support uh, of all the NBA for their team. It's been that way probably for the last six or seven years. And then they ship them to Tampa. So I imagine uh, they're not happy. No one should be happy. Um, but basically the problem I see is that your big guys are shooting outside and your small guys are shooting inside. And the Raptors are an example of the guys that say, well, this guy can play in the NBA. Okay, he can play in the NBA, but who in the devil is he going to guard? So their issue is not scoring points. Their issue is they can't get people stopped. Uh, losing Serge Ibaka has definitely hurt them. And they don't have a presence in uh, the middle with the two uh, replacements that they signed for Gasol and Ibaka. But I see them as you've got a new assistant. He's supposed to be this offensive guru. And the reality is they're not getting people stopped. And they're allowing too many points. Uh, they're winning some first quarters and then losing second, third, and fourth. And you guys know, you know, I'm adamant about winning the first and third quarter. So I don't think they're very good. Uh, and I think they will fatigue. Um, but you can't 
depend on Fred Van Fleet scoring 54 points. <laughs> I mean, just... Yes. Who do you think is the most improved team, Butch, this year? There's a few teams that have come up. Cleveland, I'm surprised with their start. The Knicks have played decently. And Atlanta last night looked good. Are there any of these teams going up the ladder? Uh, the team that I've been the most impressed with is the Lakers because I did not know how they were going to come back after winning the championship. Um, but they're the team I've been the most impressed with. When you look for other teams to make a step, like did Miami take a step? The clear favorite, if they stay healthy in the East, would be Philadelphia as far as it looks like Doc has uh, been able to change the culture. Uh, but that culture was always dependent on Simmons and Embiid being healthy. And when they're not healthy, they're not very good, but they've played well earlier in the year. Miami's been okay. Uh, you know, I, I've never concerned myself with teams that are historical losers. So Cleveland, I'm not surprised. Washington bought uh, a guy in for analytics that said we're going to shoot 50 threes, and they've lost Bradley Beal because they made a decision on 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 uh, playing style, and Bradley Beal has realized that it's brutal on his body. And brutal from the standpoint that you can't beat teams. So, you know, this is the price. They bring a bunch of young guys in. They say they're data analysts. You know, we can do the numbers. All right. The reality is the team that wins is normally the team that stops the other team from scoring more points than them. And when they talk about load management, the analytics for shooting 53s has got to be tremendously worse when you're running up and down the court that much and you're not practicing because your load management, you're practicing in practice and not you're sitting guys out of games because the games are more valuable than the practices. So, you know, I'm not impressed. The only one that I wanted to see, and, and the Lakers have surprised me. They've been better. They lost Rondo. They brought some guys in. They played well. The Clippers will not be who they need to be until both of their stars are healthy. Um, the Knicks are stable, but no team has ever been good with two left-handed players analytically that can't dribble a ball with their right hand. So, you know, that's my quick assessment. We're talking to Butch. Uh, Butch, are you surprised the Nets aren't doing better with the with the talent level uh, that they appear to have? Um, interesting game. Friday night, Durant's in, Durant's out, Durant's back in. The NBA came under a lot of criticism for potentially uh, exposing, uh, you know, yeah. other players and and other and the Raptors for that matter. That when Durant should was taken out, he should have been left out. Uh, any comments on the Nets or what happened Friday night? Well, I mean, Friday night, I mean that's that's above our pay grade. So you know, whoever. It ended up it ended up looking bad. Whoever just made those decisions, um, uh, the Brooklyn Nets will be a beast in the playoffs if they're healthy. Because uh, Kevin Durant's pretty good, you know. I think he's lead, he's leading in voting for the All Star game. Um, but Harden, Kyrie, and and Durant will be a force if they're healthy, and uh, they are going to have to manage their loads. Um, because they gave away their entire bench. But, uh, you know, I, I would not want to play them in a playoff series 
when you look at the playoff experience of those three core players, it is expensive, and they will be a worthy opponent if they're healthy. Yes, but should the uh, should the Raptors consider trading <clears throat> Kyle Lowry? Well, it's 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 for the equity that Kyle has with the franchise. It really should be a mutual decision that if he wants to go. Uh, and the reason he would want to go is that he wants to continue playing after this contract. But I, I think, you know, for um, the equity that he's built with the franchise, um, I don't believe that that uh, they should ship him out without his, without his 100% consent, that he's going to where he wants to go and he's fine with it. Um Historically, this thing with uh, these star guys leaving Toronto has not worked out well, and uh, they should not put themselves in that situation with Kyle Lowry. Got a few minutes left, Butch. Uh, NBA, there's uh, sort of a controversy starting amongst some of the players. Uh, NBA seems to to, want to have an all-star game. It's scheduled. Uh, They've got plans for it. Uh, apparently it was agreed to between the owners and the players when they uh, made the the agreement to go back and play uh, during the COVID period. But some of the big-name stars, uh, significantly LeBron James, uh, have uh, publicly announced that they really don't have any interest. Um, Your thoughts on whether the NBA should go ahead with their All-Star game? The the NBA shouldn't have an All-Star game, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. I mean, the NBA needs to get their players vaccine so the guys can play the games and the people who are forced to sit at home have something to watch. This whole thing, the games being canceled and them coming out with a statement that they're not going to jump the line. Um, you know, when Ronald Reagan got shot, they decided to play the NCAA National Championship game in Philadelphia. Because people needed something to take their mind off of what they were going through, that their president had been shot. And them coming out and not understanding that, you know, hundreds of hundreds of millions of people that are sports fans need something to do at home because, you know, it's a, it's a fortress at home. You know, this stay-at-home order is, is strenuous on people's mental health. But then you want to watch the NBA, but you don't know who's playing night to night. And this issue with Durant goes again to the core of it. So, you know, I, you know, that's my take on it. I think they should find a way to get the players inoculated so they can play the regular games and pass on the all-star game. And that's, that's you know, that's where I'm at with it, guys. Uh, talking to Butch Carter, we've got two minutes left. Naz, uh, last question, and then uh, then we'll wrap it up. Uh, but in the States, they, there's crowds in the stands in some of the places. How do they decide what goes in and what goes out? I don't I don't get it. In Canada, we were very strict. And in the States, it seems like there's uh, crowds in a lot of these events. Well, normally, if you just look, if there's a Republican governor, he basically, they basically stuck to the mandate. <laughs> of what Trump wanted, which was keep the economy open and that, you know, there was going to be a kill ratio between two and two and a half percent. And that was an acceptable ratio. 
in Canada, you know, they've done it the right way and locked things down. And, you know, we had our hiccup, you know, a couple months ago where the daily rate got higher. But, you know, I mean, uh, when I uh, go down the States, it's tough because, you know, everybody, there can be a big sign on the door. You know, everyone has to wear a mask. And, you know, there'll be four guys walk in and don't have a mask. So the Republican states have had the higher ratios, the Tennessee's, the South Carolina, Louisiana, Florida, um, Indiana, and those are all Republican governors. So the what you're seeing is, is being led, but, you know, more and more in the states, they are wearing masks, but it, the Republican governors are not requiring it. And it's a shame because it's costing families, uh, loved ones, and it should change. And hopefully it will. We uh, interestingly enough today's uh, today's Super Bowls in Florida. It's a Republican state, and there's going to be twenty five thousand fans in attendance. Uh, on that note, uh, Butch, got about twenty seconds left. Uh, your prediction for today's game? Yeah, I think Tampa Bay. I I took Kansas City in three points, and I, but I'm afraid Tampa Bay is. Uh, set up to be very lucky by playing at home with injured tackles on the other side. Naz, your prediction? I predict Tampa Bay by six. Interestingly enough, uh, I think Tampa Bay's defensive line might dominate that this game. That's their pathway to victory. I predict 28 to 17. Naz, last word. Everybody enjoy the Super Bowl, Super Bowl and stay safe. Butch, thanks so much for joining us. All the best to you and your family. Stay safe, and uh, we'll we'll chat again soon. Thanks again, guys. Take care. Enjoy. Always a pleasure. Mm -hmm. To all our listeners, have a fantastic and safe week. We'll be back again next Sunday morning. Thank you. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.